Yeah, I mean, I pretend I know what the hell I'm doing, but, you know, I just look at the bars and the lines, and as long as they're expanded enough, <laughs> I go, yeah, the audio must be good. Right, right. Oh, God. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the web design uh, series of podcasts on the Matt Report here with my good buddy, Jason Resnick. And this is a special case. This is a special episode today. He is somebody who's been uh, doing web development for, for a lifetime now, and he's been in the process of helping other designers build sites uh, from his development knowledge. But he comes to talk to us today about somebody who's looking to redesign his own website. And he's got a five to $10,000 budget, sort of that sweet spot that we talked about with John Hawkins the other day, and um, is very interested to get his point of view of well, how he approaches the the project as a developer, somebody who's in the know, and what he's looking for, for goals, why he's doing this, and, and sort of how he set the budget. But uh, without further ado, we're going to give Jason the floor and give him and let him give us the two-minute elevator pitch of who he is and what he does. So Jason, uh, it's all yours, my friend. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. Um, I'm a WordPress developer. I love educating about the processes that developers use to make Word, WordPress sites awesome. Um, I help growing designers, marketers, and agencies wanting to use WordPress to develop great, secure, and flexible websites. That's awesome. That is awesome. So with all of that knowledge wrapped up, uh, how do you approach or, or why are you jumping into a redesign of your own website and brand for 2015? Well, for, I guess, the better part of four years now being my own business, I always kind of got my business through my website or through social channels that led to my website. Um, <clears throat> and I've always used either a premium theme or kind of had a friend do the site um, as far as the design goes, I'm, because I'm not a designer in any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> um, so I kind of know what I like when I see it, but I don't necessarily know how to get to there. So um, what I wanted to do for 2015 was I've really niched down over the past couple of years, the clients, the type of clients that I want to work with, the product and services that I provide. And now I really want to bundle that up and kind of put the bow on it. And I feel like that's the website. Like my website has always been like a collage of everything that I can do. Um, and I've always felt like, oh, I need to get everything out there because I want people to know what I can do. Yeah. Mm. Um, so with that being said, I felt that now that I've really focused on everything, that I want to convey the proper messaging along yeah. with the services that I can provide. Yeah. One of the, and, and I'm so glad you brought this up that wrapping it uh, with a bow on top analogy is, is so perfect. One of the things I talked about with John Hawkins was, uh, in the, in 2015, you know, for, and, and I know you can relate to this because for the last, you know, probably eight years, right. All you hear are people saying, well, you know, to do it right, you know, you have to sketch out your next web design starting from, you know, pen and pen and paper, right. And, and sketch it out and then bring it to wireframes and then do like, mock-ups and iterations, like this whole handcrafted process. Uh, one of the things he and I talked about was it's for clients, right? And, and for some instances, it's okay to pull off something off the shelf, uh, which WordPress affords us to do so 
uh, easily, right? right? With perfect, like you said, premium themes and and plugins that you know get us 80, 90 percent of the way there. And that's been working for you up until this point. But you're at a crossroad where now it's like, hey, that worked for me. I've been there for the last four years, but I need to partner with an agency or a design firm to put that bow on top. Um, right. But is it fair to say that over the over the last four years, though, that off the shelf thing has been perfectly acceptable for you? Yeah, it has been. I mean, it, it's, I, for lack of a better term, got the job done. Um, I could, you know, I would find a either, I always kind of stayed away from the free themes just because I figured if I spend some money, at least on the premium theme, it kind of gives me that, you know, unique look only because, you know, it's not everywhere. So, but that has always kind of got the job done. And I would just kind of, I, I guess over the past four years, I've, I've, had two iterations of my site so you know it's gotten me to a point where the premium themes are great because they they allow you to get to where you need like you said 80 percent of, of the way there but then to really make sure the message comes across of what i want to accomplish with the site premium themes not necessarily going to handle that because they want to cater to a broader market and have mm. broader, you know, strokes with everything. Yeah. So everything on my site right now, it's a great theme and I love it, but uh, everything is kind of at equal weight just sure. because of the way that the design is. So, so one of the specific goals, uh, and I'm hearing it in that last piece, was uh, you have everything of equal weight, right? And now you want to have better messaging. Any other specific goals in the site that you're hoping to achieve uh, with the brand or the website alone, maybe either function or design, either one. Uh, we heard messaging. Is there anything else you're looking for? Yeah, I, I want it to cater to the audience that I'm targeting also. I'm, mm. <clears throat> my, my audience is design firms or marketing agencies, even freelance designers. Um, and I want them to kind of, their first impression say, oh, this is a nice looking site. You know, I want that to kind of hit home because what I do for them, you know, being a developer is, you know, let's face it, it's kind of boring. It's not exactly a topic people like say, oh, that's flashy, you know. So right. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to be able to say, oh, okay, this guy, he is a developer, but he knows, you know, he kind of knows what what pleases his audience as well. Like he's in the right. So I wanted to be really... You know, I'm, I'm a cutting edge developer. Like I always like to play with the new toys and see if it kind of works into my workflow from a right. development perspective. So, um, you know, if the designer kind of takes that as well, you know, takes that page as well and likes to be able to, you know, kind of flex their muscles from the design perspective, that was, that's kind of like, you know, okay, that's pretty cool, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's def that's definitely um, you know one of the one a great way to approach that that goal is to sort of resonate with um, your target audience. In the previous episode that I did with Angie Meeker, we went through a whole uh, discovery process, right? And if there's one episode uh, that you listen to. Uh, throughout this series, and of course, including this one, is is that uh, discovery process, right? Because it yep. is so important to start with the uh, the story arc of yourself, uh, the story arc of your customer, your potential customer, um, and then see that all sort of converge on 
the branding, uh, the messaging, and the overall content flow uh, of the site because that gets overlooked so often. I mean, I do it uh, in that in that episode. We actually broke down my plugins website, conductorplugin.com, and and sort of the the, the many missing pieces um, that I didn't invest in in the beginning, um, and we sort of condensed that into a discovery call to see um, the different areas of that. Uh, so that's amazing stuff uh, and some definitely some great goals that everybody should have um, when they're yeah. going into a new project. Definitely. When you, when you sat down in 2014, towards the end of 2014, how did you determine the budget that you were going to spend on this project? Well, I knew that, <clears throat> for one, I knew that the site, I needed to do something with it. And then it kind of came down to, do I want to go down that same road again? Or do I want to actually get the expert on board, pull somebody that actually knows design and can do this, you know, as a legitimate design site. Um, so that was my first question that I did. And I kind of went down that road. I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get the expert for once. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not just going to go browse a couple of theme shops and, and find something. So um, as far as budget wise, I, you know, I've guided clients you know, to, you know, designers and I've even worked at agencies and I've kind of seen a wide range of budgets, you know, anywhere from like, you know, $1,500 to 50 grand. So, um, I really didn't know where it, where I would sit, but I knew the content that I had, um, that I at least wanted to put up on the site, you know, the, the main targets of, of the site itself were you know i guess they weren't really um too many of them you know? mm -hmm. so i kind of figured okay well there's going to be you know maybe four to six different look and feel types you know templates that are going to go into this this site so i kind of outlined some of the some of what i wanted to accomplish with the site and then looked at that and then said okay knowing what i know about this industry I think I could probably put five grand to this and get something out of it. But that was arbitrary because I really didn't know. So mm -hmm. um, what I said was, okay, if five grand is the number, am I locked at that or can I go further? You know, like I basically set myself to say, okay, my goals for the site are X, Y, and Z. And if I'm willing to get those then I might go, I might extend that budget a little bit more. Right. Right. So I kind of just weighed my options. I want, you know, money wasn't the priority as much as getting what I wanted out of the site itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which is, you know, refreshing to hear anybody who's in the audience who is, who is actually a digital agency or somebody who's, uh, you know, servicing, uh, on the design side music to your, to our ears, right? <laughs> Somebody not working backwards from five grand. Like I've only got five grand and I want to stop. Uh, and I want you to give me a price, uh, well below that, right? I've got five grand to play with and, you know, give me your best price. It's like, I know I'm going to invest, like looking at the market, looking at the industry, John and I talked about this as well, that there are so many, and you know this because you compete, uh, in the same market. There are so many lower end, uh, WordPress developers and designers out there because they're either just getting into the game, which is cool, right? So their pricing is lower, right? Um, and there are certainly, and the flip side of that is they're not very experienced, right? So 
they might not have been have been building things for like the last two, three, ten years, right? Uh, so we have uh, more value uh, because we've been in the game longer, right? And when you have that budget and you're going to an agency, it's not just about them pushing the pixels, but it's about their experiences, what other value they can bring to the table. It's much more partnership than just push some pixels pixels for me and then I've got a new website, right? Yeah. You're looking for somebody to say, you know, I've got this respectable budget and if you need more, then then tell me because right. I want something quality. Right. And that that was that was important in at least in my initial calls that I had with, you know, I had calls, I think it was like six or seven different people and mm -hmm. I said that. I said, if if $5,000 isn't enough to get where I need to, I'm willing to go above that. It's just I'm kind of looking for guidance from you as the expert. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to tell me, say, you know, you can get these two things, but you can't get that third thing because of the budget. Yeah. Mm. And it was, you know, <laughs> from my perspective, obviously working in that client services thing, you know, I was like, okay, am I going to say this? And then they're going to be like, well, he's willing to go higher, so we'll just charge him higher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was actually refreshing that, that, you know, people were like, okay, you know, uh, that budget's okay. Um, might be, you know, a couple hundred dollars more or, you know what, we're right in line. So, right. you know, it wasn't that they were taking advantage, which was great. So did you have any surprises, uh, good or bad, when you were talking to the, you know, six to eight different uh, prospects? Or did you find out uh, different things like, hey, you know, like you just said, that is an acceptable budget. Was there anything else that sort of surprised you along the way? Um, one of the things I guess was surprising was that, <clears throat> like you were saying, kind of making it more of a partner going hand in hand um, with understanding the business. And some some people were more on the line of, you know, kind of like a delivery of this is what I built you and mm. you know not necessarily saying that they were stepping away from it but it was more like the delivery of the theme or the design or even the assets or whatever that was kind of like the end of it I guess mm. because from my perspective as a developer I didn't even realize what role I was going to play initially because I wasn't sure if I wanted to take on the development part or just leave the development part to whoever I was partnering with. So um, going through it, I was kind of still on the fence with it, um, whether I had the time to do that or not. And it was, I guess, because of me being a developer, everybody I talked to was automatically assuming that I was going to do the development. Uh, um, and interesting. And it wasn't necessarily the case. It was just a matter of, I guess, from my perspective is if I was, because I'm going to go with a full, kind of full on rebrand. So maybe a logo change or something like that as well. If it sacrificed the logo for them to do the development from price perspective, I'd rather do the development myself. I'd rather get the logo. Mm. So um, a lot of people were saying, okay, we will we will do the design and the development only. You know, some people, some, some agencies said that. And I was like, okay, that's kind of, uh, you know, even though I'm a developer, they kind of said, okay, we want ownership of the entire project, not just the design part. So that's a yeah. little surprising. And then the other surprising thing was some, um, 
I guess when I found out, when I kind of decided what I was, what role I was playing in this whole thing, it was refreshing to hear that um, the designer that I actually chose, she was willing to, she's not a developer, but she was willing to kind of be there alongside me through the development process to make sure that her vision and our vision for the site was going to be there. Right. So she would, you know, kind of look over my shoulder, make sure that the messaging, the spacing, you know, basically the whole design is going to come out in the end the way that we wanted to. Got it. So you will, in, in the end, you will be developing it. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, let's take a step back and um, talk about the um, um, the process of uh, talking to these six to eight uh, potential folks. Um, you know, was this something, I, I basically want to put into some context here of some people might say, wow, that's a lot of people, or boy, I, I would probably, if it were me looking to in, invest this money, it would, I would pick more people. Mm -hmm. um, what was that process like? Is, was it uh, hours of your time, tens of hours of your time? Um, you know, what was that like? And, were, you know, was it overwhelming or just is exactly what you expected? Take us down that that frightening process to some, right? Because some people are like, "Oh God, I got to make all these phone calls," right? Um, you know, what was your what was your take on that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't actually as overwhelming as some would think, for sure. I actually, it took less time than I thought it was going to. Um, what being that I had worked with designers over the years, anyway, I reached out to them. I also reached out to <clears throat> developers that I respect, that I know also work with other designers. Um, hearing their perspective on working with a designer, they might have some of the similar experiences that I've had in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess some of the keys that I was looking in, for, looking in on for a designer was the fact the reliability and how responsive they were. Uh, that's a great point. Um, also how focused they really are, which I guess kind of ties into the first, first bullet point. Mm -hmm. And I guess willing to push the envelope and as well as understand the project as a whole. So what reaching out to these, you know, six or so, designers really did was it really kind of like really hit home on that first one if they were yeah. they were responsive meaning you know i should i actually went to their site or hit them up on twitter sent them an email and kind of said here this is what i'm looking to do if you have some time maybe we could just talk for 15 minutes and and you know see if this is a fit for us so if they got back to me in a timely manner you know, that was, that was like, okay, well, they've already gone through the first hurdle, right? Because I've, I've experienced designers, you know, say that they're going to give me something on Tuesday and it's already Friday and I haven't heard anything from them. So I didn't right. want to go through that with my site. Um, so that, that weeded out actually a good portion of my initial, I had, I must've had about 20 to 25 names. Wow. All right. So that's a good lesson right there. Yeah. So that, that weeded out and it literally only took me, you know, maybe 
five, ten minutes to draft up an email that I sent out to them all, you know. Mm. And then I kind of said, okay, well, I want to make a decision by this date. And it was about two and a half weeks from when I started sending out the thing. So I and it was the holidays anyway. So I kind of knew that, you know, people would be on vacation and stuff. So I kind of gave some leeway. But if you couldn't get back to me in that time, then I felt that, you know, it wasn't going to be a fit. Yeah, that I mean, amazing lesson to those of you who are in the audience listening to this and servicing folks. Uh, if you're not responding to emails, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a slight issue with with the business. So let's let's start with the fundamentals, people. Right. Um, anything that sort of that you learned in that process of, and again, I know it's a tricky subject, it's something that you have to kind of like think of yourself as the client, but. When you were on these calls and you were making these calls, did you discover something as the client that maybe like, hmm, I, I should think about that when I'm talking to clients? Like I've never, like I never really put myself in the client's shoes up until this point. Was there any kind of aha moment in that process? Um, I guess just being, when you go into a project, you kind of have these expectations of what your project's going to be. Um, and then in these initial calls, just talking with talking through the project and hearing some of their ideas coming back, there were ideas that were presented to me that I had not even been on the radar of how to approach right. something, you know, whether right. it been a design thing or how to lay out a page or something like that. Like I was like, Oh, I'd never even thought about that. Mm. So being open to suggestions and, and hearing what the experts saying and because right, yeah. I'm not a designer so I don't necessarily know but they're not only the designer but they're also my target audience so they know what looks good they know what they like to see on sites so being open to that is was I think a, 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 not necessarily something that I didn't know but but it's a different experience right. when you're when you're hashing it out like that with somebody else. And you're like, oh god, now I know where scope scope creep comes from because <laughs> right? because you start thinking of all these ideas when you're in it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that's a super valuable takeaway for those in the audience who are, who are ready to invest in, in in rebuilding a site. Is you know you've got to give the ownership to the professional, right? We hear that time and time and time again. Uh, you know, you are hiring them because they are the professional and. I don't hire, you know, a plumber and then tell him right. or her to, you know, how to, you know, fix that, that leaky faucet or, you know, uh, an electrician to how to wire, you know, my fuse box. I don't want to. Right. <laughs> um, but so many of us in the, in the digital world, because it is sort of, it's a very visual thing. Number one, uh, a lot of it comes down to design and function, which is, uh, very, Mm, you know, very uh, subjective, right? Some people like to use things one way. Another person likes a different color blue uh, than the blue that you picked. Uh, so it's very subjective. And then you never really see the labor uh, that goes on behind the scenes, right? It's just all of a sudden a new photo is sent to you and you're like, oh, well, they did this in like a half an hour. Where, whereas, you know, it took you an entire eight days to move that logo around to finally send that to the client. So um, trusting them and their decisions because they've been doing it uh, long enough uh, is certainly, and, you know, and the other thing is, is that's why you're hiring somebody. Right. Why do you want to micromanage them? <laughs> right. And, and that, that's kind of where I was at was that, okay, I'm not using a premium theme because I don't necessarily want that look, but I want to be able to have that whole experience of my brand now to be cohesive. 
Right. Right. I don't want to just pluck, you know, like things, you know, the header or the, the colors from a premium theme to be my Twitter profile picture or something right. like that. You know, I want it to be make sense. Right. And that's that's what I, how I felt was that okay, going out and hiring somebody to do this for me, you know, they're the expert. They know what's good. You know, I know what I like to look at. But ultimately, if they fully understand my project and, and my business, then they're going to understand the audience and the audience looks at the website first. And that's the that's the door to your business online. Right. So yeah. if that doesn't look good to your audience, then they're not going to open that door. Right. Smart stuff. Um, any special attention? I know this wasn't one of the questions on the list, but any special attention to mobile uh, in this particular project? Were you expecting a different, um, you know, experience on mobile, be it phone to tablet to desktop? Uh, what was your take on that? Or did you learn something new along the way? I didn't necessarily learn anything new, but I, that is definitely a priority for me. Is mobile? Okay. Um, I'm planning on really focusing on, on blog writing. So I know from myself, you know, if I'm sitting there watching a baseball game on the couch and looking through, you know, posts, you know, the site has to work nicely on, on, a, on an, either an iPad or, you know, your phone even, you know. So um, that was critical for me. Um, I obviously have some bias towards how that looks but you know i guess we'll see what the end game you know the end result will be but i definitely want to you know mobile for me is almost uh it's not i guess not a requirement but it's it's you know if you're not mobile now then why you even why you (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah absolutely no it's definitely a good uh good takeaway um so you set the budget you started, you know, you started with, you know, 20 some odd names and whittled it down uh, to six to eight. Uh, you started with the actual monetary budget uh, and you figured that out. Did you figure out what, how long the process should take and did you learn something new along the way there? Or when I say learn something new, did you uh, find something from the, from the agencies to say, okay, it's actually going to take longer or less time, less amounts of time? Um, I kind of had an idea of how long it would take only because I've worked with designers in the past. So, um, but then again, all projects are different, right? So I didn't know if it would take that amount of time or less or whatever. Um, and being that, (laughs) being that I didn't really have a deadline for my, you know, like I don't have an event that I'm running or something where this needs to be up by a certain date. Sure. I really want to make sure that the, the end product is right. So if it took longer than I expected, that was fine. Um, you know, but when I went through, you know, these initial calls, I kind of said, you know, what's, what's your bandwidth and about how long is the full process and stuff like that. And it was pretty much on point with what I thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, I didn't really learn anything new, Sure, but you know, it was, it, you know, they would, it met my expectation, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, so how did you finally make that final decision? Um, we heard some of it along the way. Um, but what, what, what was that process like? Did you put it on a whiteboard, put it in an Excel sheet? Like what was it? Or was it just a sort of gut feeling? And you're like, you know what? I think that this is the, the, the folks I'm going to go with. Um, well, <clears throat> during all of my initial calls, I 
I have like an Evernote for each one. Um, and I, I'd taken some notes through each of the calls. Um, I also went onto their, their websites to look at their past work. Um, you know, references were a big deal to me, um, as far as making sure that they were reliable. Um, you know, like I said, I, I reached out to some developers that, uh, you know, I, I speak to on a regular basis, you know, and so they, who they recommended, you know, kind of held some, a higher weight as well. Um, and just the overall interaction, right? So for me, when I'm working with any of my clients, I want to make sure that not only like I'm a fit for them, but they're a fit for me. So I wanted to make sure that when I was talking with them, that I was a good project for them as well. Right. So um, if there was that good rapport back and forth and a good understanding between, you know, the two, both me and the designer that, okay, this is going to work. This is, you know, that person's excited about the project and, and things like that. That's kind of really where my gut came into it. Right. I, I felt that, okay, yeah, this person gets it. This person hears what I'm saying is excited about the project. Um, the work's good. You know, I think that's the person. Yeah. Which is again, uh, I know you're a special case because you're in this, but so few clients, I mean, a lot of them just come down, it comes down to the budget. Number right. one, can we do it for X price? And then the second is, can we get it by, you know, yesterday? Right. <laughs> uh, but so very, so, and then, then on the flip side, the agency, right. There's this, you know, this, uh, uh, concurrent battle going on, right? Maybe not as probably not the best word battle for it, but there's always that negotiation of, okay, a client's looking for price and timeline agencies looking for, are you the right fit? Because I don't want to be stuck on <laughs> something that's going to be, you know, I'm that I'm not going to profit on and it's going to take forever to do. So they're like, Hey, we're the, we're the, you know, are you the right client for us? And that's usually the first wall, um, that an agency I know myself, uh, will do, uh, with a client. So, you know, uh, example would be somebody sends us a contact form. Hey, we've got this project. It might 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 not be any budget listed in their in their outline, uh, but they've got this. You know, they've got this idea. Here's a quick few bullet points. Uh, here's an example site, and that's usually how 80% of them kick off. And I, you know, my first barrier, right, or my first, uh, for a better word, is onboarding step. Is you know, here's our uh, belief document. Like, here's all the things that we believe in. Here's how we approach projects, you know, uh, you know, you're not just going to hire us for, for an hour or just an hourly project. There is, it's project-based pricing, you know, with, with above and beyond, we go into hours, but you need to be, uh, conditioned to say it's a project base. Like we're not just going to do it, you know, 17 and a half hours and that's our quote. Right. Um, um, you know, but to hear a customer say, well, are you actually the right fit for me? Which Again, they sort of determine that by price and timeline, but do they, do they like working with us? You know, do they like the way that, you know, we look at their business? Are we, are they, do they like that, uh, that we are looking for areas of opportunity in their business? Because on the flip side, I know that I've been hit with people like, oh yeah, like I can't wait to work with you guys. Everything sounds great. They actually only liked the, you know, budget and time, right. time frame thing phase. But when I started introducing new ideas, they're like, whoa, 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 we're not ready right. for that. Um, you know, to which I had to say, well, that's part of the experience. Like a part of our value is thinking outside the box like yeah. that. 
Yeah, I think I think for um, me the the budgetary, um, I guess consideration was just mainly the in, in the initial phase, right? So like when I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Let me find out how much I'm going to spend on this, and can I be flexible, right? Once I decided on that, then it moved on to I want to make sure that this is done right. So. Um, yeah. And by doing it right, if I need to move on that month, you know, that budgetary consideration, then I'll move on it. So I, I, for me, it was more important to have somebody that was, you know, focused um, and, and really responsive because I've had some bad experiences with designers in the past that weren't responsive. So, you know, that was more of a, I guess, more of a priority for me. Than necessarily saying, okay, yeah, I'm stuck on five grand, and that's it, and this deadline, yeah. that's it. Can we quickly unpack that bad experience with designers, just to give people um, the opportunity to understand what could go wrong? Uh, is it simply just a timeline thing where the designers seem to be a little bit more flaky, uh, where they'll they'll get to it when they get to it because they're not as pinpointed as a developer? Um, can you give a, a basic uh, example of sort of what the bad experiences were that we can learn yeah, from? I, yeah, I think it was more, um, it was really in my earlier days, I guess, really trying to partner up with designers because they kind of, the design and development go hand in hand. And it was more along the lines of, I needed X, Y, and Z by a certain date. They said they can do it. Um, and then it wouldn't, it's not that it was delayed. Like, so, okay, Tuesday is the day. That's when they told me. They didn't come to me on Friday or even over the weekend and say, listen, I couldn't get to this or this is taking longer than I thought, you know, that kind of a deal. It wasn't that communication. It would be like Tuesday came and went. I didn't repeat and I would call or email and, you know, the client's waiting for this. What's the deal? And there'd be no response. And then all of a sudden, you know, Several days later, they would be like, "Oh, here you go." I'd be like, "Well, where was that? Where the heck have you been for a week?" Right? <laughs> like, so I didn't want that with my my own experience, right? And and my own my own website, you know, because I I I don't necessarily have a deadline, but I'd like to have it up for you know summertime, right? I mean, that's kind of like my my time period, the beginning of summer. So I don't want it to be like a week before and we haven't done anything yet. So right. to, for me, the response of, you know, the getting back to even communication, like I'm fine with if it, if it takes longer than you thought, but at least you, if you're working on something and you realize that it's going to take a little bit longer, you know that way in advance and the actual right. deadline. So that to me is, was more important. I mean, I even look at that just from a developer perspective too like for me there's projects that I take on that I've never tried before and I'll tell clients I'll say I've never done this before and I'm estimating it's going to take this but as soon as I say as soon as I see that it might not I'll let you know so right that for me was really important yeah yeah no that's I mean and, and the time frame stuff is totally you know acceptable um you know I, I I'd say it's it's very fair. Um, well, more than fair, actually. To I mean, if, even if you kicked off in February, you still had four months to get it done. Sure. 
um, and, you know, which I, th- I think and what funny was funny that. was that, you know, in these initial talks, you know, I would, I would say, what's the process? And I think every single one said, well, it depends really on the client getting back to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, it was funny too, because I say that to my clients too. Say, well, you know, right. as long as you looking at what you, you know, I give you and you give me a timely response, I could get it done within this time period. But, you know, and I said, yeah, no, I understand. And I'll, you know, yeah. If I'm responsive with you, how long would it take, right? I mean, and I right. think that that's a that's a that's that's part of the fit, right? Is to be able to openly communicate with people, and if you can't say that I don't like this, or this is taking longer than I thought, or you know we're right on point with our deadline, even just little notes like that go a long way with making sure that you guys, you know, the the parties involved, they're fitting together. Right. So the loaded question to you is, are you ready for those, those milestones that inevitably you'll be called upon to, uh, to execute, which is content delivery and, and, you know, milestone meetings. Like, are are you ready? Uh, let's just say, are you ready with the content, yeah. <laughs> which is usually the most, uh, the yeah, hardest thing no, to do. I, I'm, I'm ready with it because I knew I saw this coming probably before the fall last year. I knew this was going to happen. So I had already, sure. You know, Evernote for me is like, you know, that's like my left hand. So I'm always right. jotting things down, even if I'm not even working on something. If something pops into my head, I put it in Evernote and look at it later. Um, so I definitely have like, you know, my calls to action that I want to focus on and, you know, the content around what I need. Um, I'm not a copywriter. So that was also kind of one of the things I was looking for guidance on as well. Mm. Um from the designer perspective, whether they did it or not, if they can suggest somebody else or, you know, how, how to handle that best. So um, yeah, I'm definitely right there with the content. Cause I, I know, <laughs> I know from my own experience <laughs> that content is to designers like requirements are for developers. So, right. you know, somebody comes to me, they're like, Oh, I want to put up a store. Okay, great. Well, um, what are the requirements for the store? I don't know. I just want to sell stuff. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I knew that that was, like, critical. And for me to get that lined out, that was kind of like, okay, once I got that lined out, then let's go look for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So wrapping up this entire process, what's – how are you going to measure uh, your return on investment? You mentioned blogging. Um, I know you have – digital product for sale? Uh, is there some concrete thing that set, that you're hoping for to say, okay, I want e-commerce and I'm hoping to convert like 3% of traffic. How are you going to measure the ROI? Yeah. So <clears throat> for me, blogging is going to be big in, in this coming year. Um, I've never really done any sort of tracking through my site other than, you know, for converting them into customers. Um, other than just knowing that they came through my site because they filled out the contact form. Um, right. What I'm looking to do for this coming year is once that site's launched, I'm, I'm going to put in some other tracking tools that I know if they came from Twitter and landed on my page and that kind of deal. Um, I want to be able to build that newsletter list a lot more. Um, I have one now, but I don't you know, I don't publicize it. It's kind of just off in the sidebar or pop up or something like that. Um, but I want to focus in on making those newsletter signups 
and those inquiries about my services, converting those into customers. So yeah. that, that again, like that's really loose and uh, like a 10,000 foot overview. But mm -hmm. um, since I never really focused in on that before, I, and that the numbers that I know now, <laughs> as far as converting, <laughs> um, if I can 10x that, that would be phenomenal. Sure. Uh, real quick, can you rattle off some of the tools you might be using to track this stuff? Um, I'm going to look at lead-in for one. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I might do some uh, retargeting as well. So um, some of the other things I'm looking into, because a lot of my customers find me through Twitter, um, not so much the other other you know networks, which is kind of strange because I can't mm. give them all equally. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> what I'm going to leverage is some of the uh, new Twitter for business type stuff, like newsletter signups right from the tweet. Being nice. able to purchase things right from the tweet, those kind of deals. So, that's some of the some of the tools I'm hoping to leverage. Very cool. Are you going to take? Are you going to tackle like the retargeting and the Twitter stuff sort of uh, individually, or are you going to use like a a platform uh, like marketing system, which like I think it's like AdRoll will do sort of all of this stuff, but there's like a fee, but it's all yeah. I'm actually uh, my wife does that stuff. So I might just oh, whatever she man. suggests. <laughs> So. Well, that you get the easy way out on that one <laughs> until, until she hits you with an invoice and you're like, what? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I probably will do it. I, obviously, she knows what she's doing. So um, sure. whatever tools that she suggests. But from my own experience, I've, I've always kind of got the sense that those platforms are, are good for getting going. Right. Um, it, but once you really want to do something within them or track something or really get involved, you kind of have to go individually. So it might be a little bit of a hybrid, at least just to get the ball rolling and then say, OK, I got to really focus in on doing these on the individual platforms themselves. Yeah. Um, hey, Jason, this has been an amazing interview. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to give us this uh, story of you know your your plan for. Uh, redesigning your own site and some of the tips and takeaways. Is there one final lesson uh, you would uh, sort of, you know, heed people to to listen to uh, for either either the developer or or the agency, or excuse me, for the customer or the agency looking to relaunch their site? Is there one thing that after you, and I know you haven't even begun, the, maybe you have begun the process yet, but I know you haven't begun the redesign process, but from this whole pre-discovery, pre-sales thing, is there one major lesson that you can Definitely. take away from this? You have to be willing and open for suggestions. Um, going into it, you have your bias, but really listening to the expert, you're hiring them for a reason. They know what they do, um, and that's their livelihood. They're into it every single day, and that's their life. You gotta be willing to be flexible and open to hear what they have to say. Yeah. It's so true. Um, we're going to end it on that. So, Jason, thanks uh, for taking the time. Where can folks find you on the web? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's Rez with three Zs and Rez.com.
Thanks. Awesome. Everybody else, if you're into this uh, the series of web design and web relaunches and strategy and all that fun stuff, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe, best way to stay connected. Uh, otherwise, I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast five-star reviews. We love them. We love you. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll see you next time.